Good morning and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellefson. Thank you for joining me on this Friday. Thank God it's Friday. I, I suppose my guest doesn't think that because, well, maybe it is. Thank God it's Friday. Maybe something will happen today in Washington that we are all anticipating. My friend, Congressman Glenn Grothman is joining me this morning. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? Good morning. Very good. We're in Washington today. Uh, we're going to have a meeting only over the phone, which is a bad sign, uh, in about an hour and a half, and they expect us to have another vote for speaker at about midnight. 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 I misspoke. No, 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 no. Okay. At noon. At noon. At All right. Noon. Well, that's that's in four hours, so, or I guess for you guys, it's in three hours. But, um, well, let's. We haven't chatted since the uh, the results of the uh, right. midterm, and so let's start by talking about what happened. Uh, in Wisconsin, why didn't we elect a Republican governor, in your opinion? Well, it's not just Wisconsin, it's nationwide. And I think the same criticisms I'd have on the governor's race apply to the Senate race in Pennsylvania or the Senate race in Georgia, wherever you look. The Republicans focused on, they saw inflation going on, the high gas prices, and they said, we just have to talk about this and we can't lose. And the stock market was down, and we can't lose. And we're losing this country here for a lot of reasons other than gas being $4 a gallon for a while. You know, we're losing this country because the federal government is pushing this radical agenda, transgender, gay stuff on our children. But we wouldn't talk about that. We're losing this country because Joe Biden and before Barack Obama were doing all they could to encourage racial division, but they couldn't talk about that. We're losing this country because of what's going on at the border, and they talked about that a little, but nowhere near as much as they should have. We're losing this country because the government is weighing in, trying to suppress information like with the Soviet Union here, but we didn't talk about that. There were polls showing the number one issue was inflation, so let's talk about that. And when the price of gas dipped a little the final month before the election, instead of being a Republican wave, it was a Republican trickle. And I think it was the failure of the Republicans to highlight these other issues that were as important as anything. The next issue I'll say, and I hate to say it, I I think the churches have done a bad job on the pro-life issue. They knew this was coming, and uh, they allowed a huge number of people to vote Democrat because, believe it or not, they were voting for candidates who wanted to legalize eight-month abortions. But um, apparently for the young people, in particular for the young women, that became the most important issue out there. I blame the churches. Uh, you know, they should have been educating the public where to stand on abortion on the last 50 years. They certainly knew it was going to be a big issue seven months ago, eight months ago. But how many of your listeners out there have had their local priests, local clergymen, uh, devote a sermon to this issue. My guess, very few. And what happened is America became, sadly, very pro-abortion. And like I said, I blame I blame the clergy for that. Um, but I think we should have been talking a lot more about the border, a lot more about this phony racist charge, a lot more about this transgender gay extremism, shoving it down the throats of the of the young people, but the Republicans didn't deal with that. And as the result, we wound up picking up whatever, nine seats up here. 
when we should have been picking up 29 or 39. So do you, what do you think about, as long as we're talking about elections, what do you, uh, how do you feel about the upcoming state Supreme Court election here? I mean, I, I've been talking about how critical it is that we it's, elect conservative it, justice. It's probably more important, or it's arguably more important than the governor's race, um, because right now, liberal judges have no moral bounds. They will try to remake society however they want, even if there's no legal reason to do so. So, for example, when Scott Walker made it easier to fire a bad teacher 12 years ago, which I think was about time, uh, they're going to try to overturn that law and probably will. They have photo ID in places like Mexico. But our new Supreme Court would probably rule that we got to get rid of photo ID. Um, they talk about redistricting. Right now, Wisconsin, believe it or not, has very fair maps. But because so many of the Democrats are concentrated in Madison or Milwaukee, we win, or the Republicans win, a bunch of state Senate, state assembly, congressional races out state with, you know, 55 to 60%. And the Democrats win in Madison and Milwaukee with 85 or 90 percent. Well, the Democrats think that's unfair, and we ought to gerrymander things so we have pie-like districts in which everybody in southeast Wisconsin gets a little bit of Milwaukee County, or everybody in south-central Wisconsin gets a little bit of Dane County, and we wind up losing assembly, state senate, and congressional seats. It'd be ridiculous, but that will be another consequence of losing that state Senate race. I'm mean, sorry, of losing the Supreme Court race. So the Supreme Court race is wildly important. I don't know when the last time the radical lawyers had control of the Supreme Court. I'm sure it was at least 20 years ago, probably further than that, maybe 30 years ago. But uh, we're in we're in jeopardy on the court, and people really have to be paying attention. So, uh, Congressman Glenn Grothman, you are currently in Washington awaiting the next, well, you, I know you said you have a meeting, uh, with, uh, which isn't a good sign, but what, what's wrong with Republican leadership in Washington right now? Well, first of all, traditionally, and be it in Madison or Washington, what happens is the Republicans or Democrats on their side, they have a private vote, a paper ballot where we elect a speaker. And Kevin McCarthy, largely because he's been in charge the last four years, as we gained new, new Republican seats, we've won elections, he won that election. And the, the informal rule is everybody goes to the floor and votes for the person who won the private paper ballot election, which was Kevin McCarthy. So that's what should happen. Um, and it's got to be that way because otherwise you have a small number of people who can hold up the works and you're always going to have five or six people who don't like the speaker. So we can't have five or six people holding up the works. But uh, 20 people wound up disobeying the golden rule and saying we want somebody other than Kevin McCarthy. Most of them said our problem really isn't with Kevin McCarthy we want to just extract some changes in the rules 
in order to vote for Kevin McCarthy. And negotiations with those people were going on yesterday, and at least we're told that of the 21 people who wouldn't vote for Kevin, probably 10 to 15 will vote for him today because they get some changes in the rules, which may be good or may be bad. I'd argue a lot of them are bad. But in any event, in exchange for changes of the rules, all of a sudden, they'll vote for Kevin McCarthy. There are some people, a small group, say five to six, who will not vote for Kevin under any conditions. I don't think they've done a good job of explaining what's wrong with Kevin, but it kind of it finally hit me last night. There is a struggle in the Republican Party that's been going back 20 years at least, maybe 30 years, maybe 40 years, between what I'll call the Bush Republicans, the big government, let's look for a war to get involved in Republicans, and the Reagan Republicans. I don't think he's an extremist in this regard, but I think you would have to say that Kevin McCarthy is more of a Bush Republican than a Reagan Republican by a small amount. And he probably wouldn't define himself that way. Uh, he's tried to hold himself as close to Trump as possible. But I think some of the people around Kevin are Liz Cheney, uh, Bush Republicans. And that is why five to six, five to seven people are mad at Kevin. They're also mad at him on a personal level. Two of those people have had personal experiences with Kevin that they just hate him for maybe you could say petty reasons, but it's obvious if you talk to him, they're motivated by, I just dislike Kevin personally, and I'm not going to let him be speaker. There's a little bit of that out there too, which you could say is not very adult, but that's kind of what's going on too. So before I went to bed last night, I don't know why, I looked at my phone and uh, I saw that Matt Gates, Congressman Matt Gates out of Florida, uh, uh, floated Trump out there for the next Speaker of the House. What's your comment I, I don't on that? think Matt Gates is, with regard to some of his activity, not a serious person. Um, I mean, he obviously likes to get on TV. He succeeded on getting on TV. I guess he's more conservative than liberal, but uh, I, I think he's enjoying the limelight. And by saying, I want Donald Trump, he got his name in the paper a little bit more, and you're bringing him up today, rather than the 20 other people aren't voting for Kevin. So I think there are a given number of politicians who live for the limelight, you know, live to get on TV, and I think Matt Gitz is is one of those people. So another so, potential speaker was Jim Jordan. What, uh, I know... Jim that doesn't he, want the job. Right. you got to remember, when you're, when you're looking for a, a speaker, the first thing you need is somebody who wants to be speaker. When kind of people who came along, some of these same people, throughout John Boehner as speaker about seven years ago now, nobody wanted the job. It took him about three weeks of begging Paul Ryan to take the job. Whatever you think of the job he did, Paul Ryan did not want that job and had to be begged to take it. So uh, it's a very time-consuming job. It's a thankless job. Everybody's going to wind up hating you. You're in charge of raising money. You're in charge of recruiting candidates all over the country. I mean, for me, this is a 100-hour-a-week job or 90-hour-a-week job. I can't imagine what it's like being speaker. So uh, first of all, 
if you're going to find somebody instead of Kevin McCarthy, you're going to have to find somebody who wants a job. The obvious choice is the number two person up here right now, a guy named Steve Scalise, who is probably mildly more conservative than Kevin McCarthy. I don't know whether Steve would want the job, and I think a lot of the people who don't like Kevin wouldn't don't like uh, uh, Steve Scalise either. You get past those two, and it's really wide open. You need experience. They talked about Byron Donalds, who is a rising star, and he's on all the talk shows. But Byron Donalds has only been here one session. You know, to me, the person who should be a speaker has to be here 10 or 12 or 14 years because it's such a complicated job. There's so many things you should know for the job. Um, I would say right off the top, uh, to know enough to be speaker, you should be here at least 10 or 12 years. And, and Byron Donalds has been here two years. I saw uh, an interview of uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, and we, we played a clip of it this morning, earlier this morning on the Wisconsin Morning News, and he also is is expressed his frustration with this group of people in the Freedom Caucus, this group of, what is it now, 21, that are unwilling to support McCarthy. And he suggests, too, that they that they their reasons aren't pure as they claim that they are. And I know you've already... Some are pure, some are not. Some are pure, some are not. There's a handful who I think are pure. And by the way, I think um, the guy you just mentioned on there, Crenshaw, is a little bit of a Bush Republican. And you do have that going on here, the Bush Republicans against the Reagan Republicans. And I am a Reagan Republican all the way. I just don't agree with what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, But... uh, you know, that there are people who are voting no, who I think very highly of. Um, Andy Biggs from Arizona. Norman from from South Carolina. Uh, you know, I'm, I'd be hard-pressed to find two people I have a higher opinion of than those guys. And those are two of the guys that are holding out. Um, Mary Miller from Illinois. Tremendous woman. She's a sophomore, too. She's, you know, homeschools her. I think seven kids, and she's got 20 grandkids who are all being homeschooled. She is what we like, Meg. She's one of the ones holding out. Um, so, people so, holding out for a variety of reasons. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, I mean, what, what, I mean, I know that you can't, you don't have a magic eight ball or, <laughs> or, a, or a crystal ball to, to actually predict what's going to happen. But do you, do you sense that? We're, we're getting a little bit closer to coming to some kind of uh, decision here, and, and McCarthy will eventually emerge as a speaker? Um, I think what will happen today is they have reached a compromise, my guess is, with 10 to 12 of the people who are holding out. And so the number of people who are not voting for Kevin instead of being 21 will be like 6 to 8. And that won't be enough to get him elected. But if we vote tomorrow and say some of the Democrats begin to not show up because they had plans this weekend and don't really care that much who the Republican speaker is, uh, I think they could finish it that way. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess right now if I had to guess that 20 Democrats have plans with their husband or wife over the weekend. They're going to take off tonight. Uh, you're going to need less votes to get there, and 
Kevin got selected that way. Well, partly by cutting a deal and partly by needing less votes. I mean, it would be nice to have someone running the House besides the uh, clerk that was appointed by Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I, I presume you would concur with that. Right, right, right. That's true. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be nice when we get done with this. When we get done with this, though, and I've been voting for Kevin all along, I'll keep voting for Kevin when we get done with this, we got to make sure the Republicans realize we're losing this country for more reasons than just inflation. And we are losing this country. Very scary. Everybody knows there's a moral breakdown there. The welfare system is out of control. You never hear Kevin McCarthy talk about it, which drives me up a wall. But we've got to address it. We're destroying the families here. We're destroying the work ethic. Um, I wish we talked more about this. Our kids learning in college and high school and middle, middle school how racist America is. The Republicans have to debunk that. They have to proudly get out there and say what a great country they are and how everybody around the world is trying to get here and that anybody who calls America racist who think that's a problem should be viewed with contempt. Right now, the Republican leadership is afraid to do that. I'd like to see them do that. Well, and we've got to scream more about what's going on at the border because, you know, anybody who voted Democrat in November is partly at fault for this open border because they send the message to Joe Biden that he can get away with an open border and they won't pay that much of a price at the polls. Well, it's interesting that Biden is visiting the border for the first time in his presidency. Well, Right, well, that's because he might be running for re-election. Yeah. But we got to remember, it was only two years ago you had five to 10, 15,000 people, depending on the month, crossing the border. We're now around 170 or 180,000. When you're going up from 5,000 to 180,000 a month, that's by design. And Joe Biden and the Democrats want to change America by letting the whole world come in here. And they did not pay a price for it at the polls. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Well, Congressman Glenn Grothman, thanks for taking some time to chat with me this morning. I uh, wish you all the best. I oh. hope that uh, this comes to a conclusion today. Well, and as you're predicting, maybe this weekend. But please do ta stay in touch, and uh, you're welcome anytime on the show. Oh, glad to be on the show, and hello to all my, fr my friends in Wausau. Thanks. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Yep. We'll talk again soon. I'm going to go to a break and roll right into the 830 News followed by the second half of feedback and my guest during the second half of feedback is executive director for wisconsin right to life heather weininger we're going to talk about the importance of the state supreme court election here in wisconsin more after the break on wsau feedback